Today our topic of discussion is fasting and brain health. Now fasting is a pretty well-known religious uh, phenomenon across the globe. Almost all religions have fasting as a part of a ritual in their religion, especially Muslims. Muslims fast for 30 days like from early morning to the evening. Uh, but it's also present in Jews and other religions, especially Christianity and everywhere. So as a religious phenomenon, everyone kind of knows it for many, many years and many centuries. A lot of people practice uh, uh, fasting to, uh, uh, one time a year or many times a year or sometimes many times a month. Now, there is a lot of literature related to fasting and its effects on human health. And this has been a very important topic of discussion and literature review and observational uh, studies and even control trials in the last 20 years. So we will be discussing that how fasting impacts the human health, especially uh, what is the impact of fasting on brain health. This is our uh, topic for today's discussion. So fasting research related to human health is kind of spanning for the last two to three decades. There are some things now which are pretty well known, which are part of the human studies that what fasting does to human hormone levels. So now we know that uh, fasting increases cortisol level in the body. It increases serotonin level, especially in the brain. It increases dopamine levels in the body. It affects uh, drug metabolism and drug interactions. It augments immune system and it also affects degeneration and regeneration. So this like, it has a multimodal effect on immune system, on hormones, neurotransmitters, degeneration, regeneration, and neurosynapses formation. So it, it has a variety of effects when you talk about fasting, intermittent fasting for, for a, a day, 12, 15 hours a day, for many days or sometimes, uh, some days a week or, to, or some days a month. So this is the effect of uh, fasting of, on human body. Now brain health is also very important, especially in the current era. About uh, uh, brain diseases account for about 20% of all disease burden. And that includes neurological diseases and mental health diseases like psychiatric diseases, depression and bipolar disorders and anxiety and, and other kinds of uh, uh, mental health diseases. So they account for about 20% of the global burden of diseases and they are probably the highest contributor of disease if you just look at any category. Uh, they are number one cause of disability in the world uh, and there is a growing burden of neurological disease in the world especially uh, the burden of stroke is increasing, burden of depression is increasing and burden of dementia is increasing. So these are the three, three neuropsychiatric conditions which are increasing in number. And it's largely because of increased aging population and urbanization and more non-communicable diseases and lifestyle changes. So these are the important contributors of uh, uh, these neurological conditions. And we'll be discussing that how fasting affects these conditions and other neurological conditions. Uh, there is a lot of uh, marketing related to fasting these days and a lot of companies uh, are offering this intermittent fasting to people and they are basically marketing as brain charging uh, technologies, supercharge your brain, boost your brain, boost your brain health. And they have shown that there's some data related to this and now they are offering as an intervention, uh, as a medical intervention to improve your brain health and your uh, neurological health. So first and foremost and the most important data 
related to fasting is coming uh, from the aging research. Aging is a very important global issue these days because a, a huge number of world population is aging and you know, uh, especially in developed world. For example, in Japan, I was in Japan like a few years ago and that was a big news that the adult diapers are selling more than the kids diapers or kids diapers because they have more elderly population as compared to a pediatric population. And this is the case across the globe, especially in the developed world. So aging is a very important issue. And a lot of research work was done by National Institute of Aging in America and was work done by Mark Madison, who is a very famous researcher. And they have shown that fasting has very profound effect on neurodegeneration and aging. It also affects regenerative processes. It leads to new neurosynaptic connections. And it even leads to neurogenesis. Uh, there was a study which showed that if you decrease 500 calories of intake every day, it leads to longevity. You survive more, you live more if you eat less on, on a daily basis. And there was a recent article, maybe a few months ago in New England Journal of Medicine on fasting and health. And that highlighted this part that you know, if you fast, then basically it, you have uh, increased life span and increased quality of life. It also affects the growth hormone levels. So uh, once you fast for a few days, you have a, a, an increase in your growth hormone level and that level kind of sustains for a few weeks and sometimes few months. Fasting also has a very important effect on cognition. Now, cognitive problems are common. Uh, dementia and mild cognitive insufficiency are very common features for elderly population. So there are three trials uh, showing that how it affects cognition. Uh, there was one trial in older adults and they used a short-term regimen of calorie restriction. And that led to improved in verbal memory. That was an observational study. It was not a randomized control trial. There was another observational study which they looked at overweight adults with mild cognitive insufficiency. And they intervened by doing 12 months of intermittent fasting. And then they looked at uh, their cognitive output. And that also showed that there was improvement in verbal memory executive functioning and global cognition. So these are the things which get better if you do intermittent fasting for, for a longer period of time. There was a large multi-center randomized controlled trial where they did a two years of daily caloric restriction and that study led to the conclusion that it showed improvement in working memory. So it means that there is a good data coming uh, from uh, the fasting and cognition trials. And we need better design trials in a large number of patients uh, to see various domains of, of cognition. But it is clear that probably it has effect on, on cognition and it, it, it may be an effective intervention in some patients who have mild cognitive insufficiency or patients who have uh, early dementia. Uh, mood disorder is another area of intervention. Uh, depression, anxiety and bipolar disorder, they are very common and probably the global burden of these diseases is about you know 10 to 15 percent if you look at the population based studies now we know that um, uh, fasting leads to increased serotonin levels in the frontal and temporal lobes and that's the data from the animal studies it also affects the epinephrine level norepinephrine level and dopamine levels in the brain so fasting may lead to uh, changes or increased levels of these neurotransmitters in the brain and these neurotransmitters have a very close relationship with depression. For example, serotonin is very closely related to depression. Uh, most of the medications, uh, the most of the commonly prescribed medications, 
for depression are serotonin reuptake inhibitors which are SSRIs and they basically increase the level of serotonin in frontal and temporal lobes. So the same effect you can see in animal models who are fasting that you see an increased level of neuro these neurotransmitters in animal models. Now we have some clinical data or observational data that uh, patients who fast uh, they have decreased depression so if they have depression uh, even if when they are taking medications or they are not taking medication so it improves their depression uh, they have decreased suicidal thoughts especially if they are depressed and they used to have suicidal thoughts so it has some effect but that has not been studied uh, systematically or that has not been a part of a good uh, uh, control trial so it's mostly observational data uh, we have uh, data from observational studies that uh, fasting leads to decrease anxiety attacks uh, in patients who have anxiety attacks and they fast it uh, decreases panic attacks it stabilizes patients who have bipolar disorders it has effect on mania and hypomania and patients develop increased ability to handle stress. So this is the data from the observational studies which are now uh, published and available in literature uh, which uh, uh, may be a very encouraging for, uh, for uh, future researchers who want to do randomized control trials and especially those patients who are refractory and they are not responding to medications. This may be a good adjunctive intervention uh, on top of medication, medication therapy. Now, schizophrenia is also a well-studied area, especially as far as the fasting is concerned. And there was like one study which was very promising that was done in the Moscow Institute of uh, Psychiatry, Russia. And they looked at patients who have refractory schizophrenia, refractory to medications. And they, they basically added intermittent fasting uh, to the medical therapy. And they did like 12 to 14 hours of fasting daily for three to six weeks. And they they were random, they were given like this uh, fasting and medications. And what they saw, they saw 70% improvement in patients who were fasting and were getting medications as compared to medications alone. So this uh, effect could be a direct effect of fasting or there is a suggestion that, that probably fasting may augment uh, the effect of antipsychotic medication. So that's also a very important area for future research, especially if you are dealing with a refractory schizophrenia patient and these patients, uh, this uh, has to be proven by randomized control trials that this patient has to undergo a joint intervention of or combined intervention of uh, medications and uh, fasting and see the effect. And, but th this is a very promising data and promising study uh, coming out from the Russia. Uh, addiction is also a very uh, important area in terms of uh, uh, neuropsychiatric diseases. You, you have a large number of population who is addicted to various substances. Tobacco is the most common one. Alcohol is the other one. And there are a lot of other opioids and uh, analgesics, narcotic analgesics. So addiction is a very common area for, inter very important area for intervention at this point across the globe because there's a huge number of uh, population who is addicted to uh, these substances which may be injurious to uh, to, to the health. So there is some, again, some observational data that what fasting does to those patients who are addicted. So number one, it has shown that patients who are addicted, they have decreased craving when they are fasting. So when they fast, they have decreased craving. If they withdraw, uh, they have decreased withdrawal symptoms. This, a lot of data is coming from tobacco uh, or smokers 
who fast during fasting month Ramadan. So they are very easy. They are easily they are able to quit uh, smoking during the whole month for the whole month or during the fasting period, and they don't get a lot of problem during that time. So they are able to hold uh, their smoking or tobacco use for 16 hours, 15 hours when they are fast. So this is something, and they don't get a lot of withdrawal symptoms or craving. But as soon as the fasting is over, they kind of go into the same trap. So how does it works? We don't know for sure, but probably it also works through the serotonin level, or it may be the levels of endorphin and encephalins. Endorphin and caffeine are the two neurotransmitters which are very closely related to addiction and which are very closely related to the pleasure which is associated with addiction. So it is possible that uh, fasting has an impact on endorphin and caffeine. There is some animal data showing that it does, but uh, we have kind of mixed uh, results related to that data. But there is a possibility that it has some impact and fasting could become an intervent important intervention. Uh, based on whatever data we have, we know for sure that patients who fast and who are addicted to something, especially tobacco, they are able to quit tobacco for, for a long period of time uh, during fasting month or even during fasting hours. But this again has to be uh, proven in, in, in controlled trials and that's something that has to be done in the future. There are small studies showing that effect of fasting on other domains uh, of the nervous system, especially taste. Now there is a published study showing that if you fast, you can have some structural and chemical composition changes in your taste buds. So even if you fast for a few days for a long time, 12 hours, 15 hours, it kind of have an effect on your taste buds. It improves the taste, it improves the quality of taste. Patients who have decrease and loss of taste sensation uh, 12 to 14 hours of fasting improved taste discrimination. That's the, uh, the data said. Again, this is an observational data, not a randomized control trial. But this is something which can be done in patients who have problems with taste that they could be subjected to this intervention. And hopefully this intervention will lead to uh, the improvement of systems like it has shown in the observational data. Now, a lot of uh, uh, data related to neurodegenerative diseases. Uh, there are two most common neurodegenerative diseases, Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease. It is assumed that it is suggested that probably fasting has some kind of neuroprotective activity. Uh, again, this data is uh, uh, not based on trials or not based on human trials, but based on some basic uh, science data. Uh, it, uh, the fasting basically increases ketone levels, increases cytokine levels and increases leukotriene levels. Now, patients who fast, they have improvement in tremor and they have improvement in tremor in basal ganglia patients and essential tremor patients, they have improvement in tremor. So there is some clinical observation data that patients who have ET or patients who have Parkinson's disease, when they fast, they have symptoms in there. They have symptomatic improvement in their tremor. We don't know how it works. It is probably related to norepinephrine level in the brain but or dopamine level in the brain or maybe uh, acetylcholine level in the brain which has effect uh, on, on, on tremors in, in these patients but this has to be proven. Uh, what uh, we know uh, from the aging studies that fasting delays onset of Alzheimer's disease and other types of dementia. The patients who fast on a regular basis they have delayed onset of dementia as compared to uh, other people who do not uh, fast. A stroke is a very common neurological problem. Uh, we know from the data that you have decreased stroke incidence during fasting month. 
uh, how it works probably it's by the control of risk factors so because of fasting leads to better control of blood pressure better control of sugar better control of cholesterol uh, fasting a lot of people who fast they have decreased tobacco use so all of the above translate into a decreased level of stroke during the fasting months so there is some indirect effect of fasting uh, on stroke incidence and stroke prevalence now there is also uh, one study showed that patients who have a stroke during the month of fasting they have better recovery as compared to uh, the other one who have a stroke after other than fasting who are not fasting and that is probably suggested that it's because of increased cytokines and bdnf levels during fasting that may be re- related to recovery in those patients who have a stroke but that's also an observational data epilepsy is a very common problem across the globe there are about 50 million epilepsy patients in the world there is a, a data which is again observational data to show that fasting improves epilepsy control especially in refractory patients and how it works it is probably working by increasing the uh, ketones levels in in the body because fasting leads to ketosis and ketones uh, is are very important uh, 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 transmitter or a chemical who may be very relevant in patients who have epilepsy uh, in refractory epilepsy patients ketogenic diet is a very well established uh, treatment for patients who have epilepsy and refractory epilepsy it has a very strong anti epileptic effect so probably patients who are fasting they have increased ketone levels in the brain and that ketone level leads to uh, improved control of epilepsy that, that is again uh, coming from the uh, observational studies that patients who have epilepsy they have better control of their seizures when they are fasting as compared to patients who do not and the other theory is also that probably fasting augments the effects of anti epileptic medication this is another theory which has not been proven and that has to be proven like with with the studies but these are the two possible effects of improved control of epilepsy with fasting number one is increased ketone levels in the brain and the other one is effects of medication multiple sclerosis there is some data especially related to autoimmune diseases in in mouse model that alternate day fasting reduce autoimmune demyelination in mouse model and there is some human data which is again observational there there are two pilot studies which have shown that patients who have multiple sclerosis when they do intermittent fasting it shows improvement in their symptoms so that's a symptomatic improvement there's no data that it decreases the recurrence of their uh, attacks or Uh, lesions it has it does have any effect on lesions so we don't have any data so far but uh, probably there is clinical data to show that long term intermittent fasting may lead to reduced relapses so this is something which has to be looked at a lot of people who are young and who have ms they do fast in the in the month of ramadan especially in the muslim population and they are very important uh, subject that that uh, you know we could identify and we could even randomize them and do observational or controlled studies to see see that how fasting affects their relapses and new lesions and symptoms of multiple sclerosis uh, sleep is a very important problem you know across the globe about 1 billion people complain of insomnia across the globe uh, fasting has a very good effect on sleep how it works probably is because of melatonin level why now we know for sure that if uh, you fast you have increase in the melatonin level in your brain and that improves the stage 3 and stage 4 sleep so that is kind of known uh, that patients who fast do do intermittent fasting or regular fasting they have better stage 3 and stage 4 sleep and they have a higher level of melatonin in their system 
so 16 hour 16 to 18 hour fasting even one one fast of 16 to 18 hour there was one study showed that it improves quality and quantity of life uh, of sleep and even one time fasting can reverse the insomnia related to jet lag so there was over two small studies showing that how one time fasting fasting for one day could affect the quality of sleep and jet lag due to sleep it also affects the parasomnia so patients who fast they have decreased night terrors there is improvement in the restless leg syndrome symptoms uh, there is improvement in the sleep apnea symptoms and even obstructive sleep apnea there are few studies showing that report that obstructive sleep apnea symptoms are also improved migraine is a very common problem uh, most people who have migraine they have increased migraine uh, frequency in the start of the ramadan it's because of the change in the schedule or lifestyle or because of the hunger so we recommend that these patients they take long term non steroidal medications for a few days maybe 3 4 5 days but other than that uh, patients who fast they have decreased frequency of migraine attacks uh, during the fasting month so it not only improves the uh, frequency of migraine attacks but also decrease the intensity of migraine attacks so migraine uh, the migraine patient fasting has a positive impact other than first 3 4 days positive impact on on migraine frequency and uh, migraine intensity so lot of uh, uh, future areas of research uh, need to be done for fasting and uh, brain health uh, there is uh, some sustained effect of short term fasting we want to study effects of long term fasting or sometime persistent fasting on human behavior and human brain especially cognition and and other disease uh, what are the neurological effects of intermittent fasting and even how it affects the community because fasting is not only an individual uh, phenomenon in 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 muslim communities the whole community is fasting so it has a profound effect of on community health and that's also needs to be studied i think uh, we need to to design randomized controlled trials uh, for neuropsychiatric diseases and and fasting intermittent fasting as an intervention and hopefully that will uh, lead to the data that you know this is could be this could be a very good adjunctive treatment on top of uh, medical treatment so in conclusion i think uh, fasting may have a very profound and important effect on brain function uh, uh fasting affects all domains of brain function so it just improves the overall brain health in patients who do not have a neurological disease but uh, have a healthy brain so it improves their healthy brain uh, if they have a mental uh, disorder it improves their mental disorder and control there's very good effect on sleep taste uh, there it has a proven effect on stroke epilepsy and dementia and there's a huge potential for research so hopefully in future uh, those countries and those populations who have a large population of uh, uh, of fasting people they will be able to do these randomized controlled trials or good quality observational studies to see the effect of fasting on these neurological condition and brain health and hopefully this will translate into a lot of good robust data and that fasting may become a very important intervention for neurological conditions in future neuropsychiatric conditions in future not only for treatment but to improve the brain health for these patients thank you very much